it doesn't it doesn't take much for one to sink a cry for help and going first those are three things on my mind here this morning so first it doesn't take much for one to sink we hear in our gospel that the disciples are in a storm but it's not just any storm they're on a, they're in a storm on a sea and in, in the Bible, in ancient times, the sea always represented chaos, disorder, confusion, danger, because the sea was big. See, it's still big, unknown, it's scary. There's things that lurk under the waters that are big enough and scary enough to bring you down. Life. Life in the, it, it, with all its complexities is big, it's unknown. And there are a lot of things in life that are around the corner that are big enough and scary enough to bring you down under. Note that when Matthew's describing the account here, there's almost like this personification of the winds and the waves. It doesn't just say that the waves simply beat up, beat against the boat. The text says that they were being tossed about by the waves. The Greek literally says that they were harassed by the waves. The winds, it says, were against them. There's this personification. Who's here that's never, at, at least one point in their life, felt like they've had so much up against them or felt harassed by something or a series of things that have come up in life to the point where you felt that you were sinking? There's not a single person in this church this morning that does, that does not have that experience at least once in their life. Because humanity is broken and it doesn't take much for broken things to take on water and to sink. You throw on top of that all the complexities of life, throw that on top of the fact that humanity is just broken, all the complexity of life thrown on top of it, bills, illnesses. You know, I spoke with four people this week who are going through cancer. Stress of school, it was a, um, a teen yesterday who was telling me that last year, his first year in high school, that he got to the point of just the stresses in the school the first couple weeks, that he got to the point that he, he was doubting himself so much that it almost broke him. A child gives you a call, your, your child gives you a call out of the blue and throws some news upon you that just sends you right into chaos. I was speaking to a friend of mine on the phone this, this week, and he said, you know, just sharing how, you know, a, a series of things that have, that have happened, just relatively minor things, stresses at work, he's made a couple bad decisions, but just a couple things lined up just the way that they fell, that he was in the spot where, where a stretch that he said that he's big time struggling. You know, I remember just thinking to myself, and he was saying, it's like, yeah, it doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much for one to sink. You have the hopelessness and even just being depressed and things just getting dark. It can come, it can come quick. Even Peter, Peter, a guy who's seemingly a pretty strong faith, the text says he began to sink. 
because it doesn't take much, even for Peter, to sink. Which brings us secondly to cry for help. Although Peter did sink, he didn't drown. And he didn't drown for one, for one reason. And it's because someone saved him. Peter, Peter saw Christ from the boat, the distance, out on the water. And he, it says he cried out for help. Lord, save me. A simple prayer, short, but it says it all. It's, all. it's all that's needed. Lord, save me, Peter says. You know, most homilies at this point for this, for this passage, it goes something like this. You know, the disciples were in an awful storm. Chances are some of you here this morning are, are also in an awful storm. Jesus quieted the storm, and he'll quiet the storm in your life. You know, keep your eyes on him, and things will get better. The disciples got through it. So will you. And that's true. Like, that's, that's true. But what's going on here, what Matthew wants to bring out, and what Jesus, was re- what Jesus wants to reveal about himself is so much more. Remember, the gospel started off saying that Jesus went up on the mountain, and as he went up on the mountain, the text says that Jesus made them get into the boat and precede him to the other side. So Jesus sent them out on the water. He sent them out on the sea. Heck, we would say that Jesus is the one who sent the storm that caused it to be rough. He wanted to show the disciples, and he wants to show us this morning, that he goes right into the chaos. Not only does he go right into the chaos, but the text says that he came toward them, what? Walking on the sea. Walking upon the confusion and the chaos. He enters right on into it and walks over it. He shows not only his humanity coming, but coupled with his divinity, he conquers over the chaos. So the the waves and the wind, everything against the disciples, harassing them. Yeah, you got the complexities of life for them and for us, 100%. But it's even more. And is it not the case that, like in our lives, that it's, it's not just the complexities of life that's at the worst, that sometimes that's harassing us or that we feel that's right up against us, but it's ourselves. It's ourselves that are up against ourselves. And sometimes ourselves harassing ourselves. Why? Because what's in you and me that we want to fix, we can't fix. So we're, I'm, like, I'm all about like changing the habits in your life that, that, or in my life that cause about chaos in your life that, that you bring that chaos upon yourself that doesn't need to be there, that you, that you could change and that you would change if you, if you could. But it's like all about the personal excellence and do it. But you can't fix the sin problem. You can't fix the humanity problem. The fact that you and I are fundamentally flawed. And what that looks like, what that, what that translates to is a, is, a, is a broken individuals and broken families and a broken world. And so when we read in the gospel here today, and it's really the case when we read in any gospel that's proclaimed here on Sunday, what we read is someone who has come to deal with the fundamental problem of sin. Someone who reconciles us to the Father through his death on the cross. That's the point of the gospel. That's the point of this story in every gospel story. 
We just need to know that we need to be rescued and to cry for help. Which brings us thirdly and lastly to going first. Last June, there was um, an American synchronized swimmer, Anita Alvarez, and this happened last June, and she was, com she was competing in the World Championship of Synchronized Swimming in, in Budapest, Hungary. And at one point when she was in the pool and she was in the middle of one of her routines, she lost consciousness as she was underwater and she sank all the way to the bottom of the pool. And the news story, a um, number of outlets picked it up and they all kind of carried the same photo of Anita must have been a good 10, 15 feet deep was the pool. And the, the, the photo just had Anita there with nothing but her, this figure on the bottom of the pool and all this blue water on top of her. And Anita's there on the bottom of the pool, not laying completely flat, but her knees are on the bottom of the pool and her body's just hanging forward, her head down and, and her arms are just limp there. Her coach, Andrea Fuentes, scanned as she was up on top watching. She, she noticed that Anita was down in the pool longer than she ought to be, and, and she, made a, she scanned the deck of the pool. She made a split-second decision. She dove in to save Anita's life. When asked afterwards, like, like how'd you know, you know, with the lifeguards around, like, how'd you know to, to jump in so quick? And she just, her response was, nobody was going in. The lifeguard, no, no one was going in. The coach recognized that Anita was underwater too long. And the coach had a desire to help. The coach had a willingness to save. The coach acted while everyone else were there still just waiting, watching on the sideline. We have too many people who are sinking and not only sinking but drowning people right here in this community of the Notre Dame Church, but then you ex extend beyond that outside these walls into Clarendon Hills, into Hinsdale, into Westmont, into Downers Grove, into Western Springs. People who, sure, the complexities of, of life that are being thrown upon them, but also just the problem of humanity and, and sin, of the fact that not knowing where to turn in the midst of, of brokenness and in a sense of feeling lost and in a sense of feeling that I don't know where to turn. I'm not sure what the point of life is and I want to have love and I want to be for love, but I'm not sure where to turn. There's a plethora of those people and it's increasingly more and more the case that we don't know where to turn. We don't know who to turn to. We don't know that there is a who. And so... It is the case that there's a plethora of people who are not only sinking but drowning, but there's, it's also true that there's no, excuse, there's no excuse for anyone to drown. There's no excuse for anyone to drown. It's why we run the rescue project here. We'll begin the rescue project again here in a few weeks in September. And we run it primarily for two reasons. One is we might find ourselves here this morning who are, maybe it's like we, we, we notice we're, we're sinking a little bit right now. In the last number of weeks or months, seasons in our life where we are slinking a little bit and maybe it's even we, we notice ourselves, maybe we're taking on the form of Anita on the bottom of the 10, 15 foot pool where we're just kind of, our body's starting to grow limp a little bit. And what we need is we need to be reconnected 
We need to be replugged back into the source of life. We need to be reestablished to the one who walks on water and brings order out of chaos. That'd be a good reason to sign up for Rescue Project here. But also, secondly, we also run it for those that the Lord might be tapping on the shoulder to go first. Just like Anita's coach that was there on the sideline who scanned, who looked and saw that maybe somebody was down under the water there just too long. Peter, we, we hear, sees the Lord on the water and says, Lord, if it is you, if you're the one, if you're the one in the midst of all the complexity that's going on in my life and the problem that's going on in my own heart and the things that are up against in my own heart and the things how I even harass myself, if you're the one, command me to come to you on the water. Peter was not perfect, but he did go first. He got out of the boat. And here at Notre Dame, what we need to do is we need to build up men and women who have antennas, have antennas for people who, who are maybe have drifted away. We need to build up men and women who maybe have antennas that, that can just notice when people are down under the water, just like Anita's coach. So that we can, here at Notre Dame, build those people up and accomplish our vision to offer every person a life-changing encounter with Jesus so that all might be rescued and have abundant life. It is true that it doesn't take much for one to sink. Humanity is broken and then you throw all the complexities of life on top of it. It doesn't take much for one to sink, but it's also true that it doesn't take much for Jesus to respond to the call of help. We just need to cry out for help. We just need to step out of the boat and go first so that all might be rescued.